0: Okay, hello, and welcome to Life Paths Podcast. Yeah, here we go. I feel like we need a snappy name for this, like the Lifecast.
1: Lifecast Or the Podpath, <laughs> or something. <laughs> the Podpath. <laughs> it sounds like a, a a bean or a pea, if you say yeah, it like the pod that. The Podpath, yeah, yeah. Probably yeah. Not so, all right, so, so the Life
0: Path Podcast. So, Keith, tell us what we're yeah. going to be experiencing for the next few weeks here.
1: So, uh, this is Keith and Dwayne's here today too, and uh, each time we do this. Uh, We're hoping to have at least two voices in these conversations, Uh, but uh, what we're going to be doing is, in light of going digital with some of our gatherings and teaching, we want to do and release our messages and our scriptural reflections primarily through the lens of or through the avenue of this podcast. That means that when we gather digitally on Sunday mornings, instead of doing a full teaching time, we'll do kind of a shorter time for a few minutes looking at a scripture and kind of teasing toward what, what we're talking about here. Right, but sort giving, of like a preview of the Right, of a preview, the yeah. but then giving us more chance to dialogue together, to have sharing and prayer during those digital gatherings. Because we know that for many of you, your kids are going to be in the room. It's really hard to sit still for 30 minutes um, to listen to a teaching. So instead, that can happen on your own time through this avenue, and our gatherings will be more focused on the interactive Parts. Yeah,
0: I think that makes total sense because we can deliver content like this without interaction. Um, but having everybody together on a Zoom meeting is, is best used for things like prayer and, and sharing. And I think that's Right,
1: great. so maybe you can listen to this on Sunday afternoon when your kids are watching a movie or if they're taking a nap or after bedtime or when you're working out or whenever it suits you. But we're kind of excited about it because we think it might provide some new opportunities for reflection and to have dialogue-driven teaching, even, Yeah. which will be a lot of fun. So let's just talk about what we're going to do for the next few weeks.
0: Yeah, we kind of got interrupted. We, we had a, a message series planned that we were going to start last week. Put it uh, on pause. And then we, we put it on pause a little bit. So yeah, where are we going with this?
1: So we thought it would be important to have a conversation about the nature of Jesus again. And if that sounds to you like... Uh, we talk about it all the time. We, we do. We and do. And that's the point of being <laughs> disciples of Jesus, is to yeah. learn Jesus so well that our lives on every level reflect the good news of who Jesus is. And, uh, and our lives and actions are transformed by that good news. So so what we want to do is we want to talk about the ways that Jesus is the way. Jesus claims that he's the way in the scripture. And many times we talk about Jesus as the, the way, way. Mm-hmm. right? And even early Christians uh, were called followers of the way. Yeah. You know, that's even where Life Path's name kind of came from, this oh, yeah, idea yeah. Of, of walking in a certain way together, mm. a way of life. But, uh, but it's not just the, a way of life. Um, Jesus is the way on a whole bunch of different levels. So we thought we'd take four weeks and talk about some of the ways that Jesus is the way. Okay, What the good news actually looks like. Uh, so, so sometimes in our lives, we tend to think, well, Jesus is the way to salvation, to, to God. And that, then we think mm-hmm. about the cross primarily, right, the, right. the atonement. But some, some people say that Jesus is the way to, uh, to understand kind of loving action. And so yeah. Jesus just becomes an, an example or a social revolutionary. Uh, but, but what does it mean to think that the good news, the gospel is that Jesus is the way on so many of those levels, not just one or the other. Yeah. So we're gonna take a look at four of the ways that Jesus is the way. Uh, we wanna look at how Jesus is the way that we overcome the power of sin, what we often talk about as the atonement mm-hmm. or what mm-hmm. happens with Jesus on the cross and, and how being saved from our, our sin and death is a part of that. We're gonna talk about how Jesus is the way that we experience God's love in its fullness kind of the, the basic heart of who God is in terms of love is expressed in Jesus. We want to talk about the way uh, that Jesus is the way that we understand the nature of God's kingdom, what God's doing in the world. And then we want to talk about how Jesus is the way that our spiritual journey moves beyond religious expression. And so those are, those are four ways that are based on the, the way that Jesus saves us from sin, the way that Jesus shows us God's love, the way that Jesus sets up and explains God's kingdom and the way that Jesus shuts down religion as how we relate to God. So those are going to be the four things that we think about. Yeah,
0: and I think that's so important for us to expand the idea of the gospel. I think so many of us, uh, if if we did grow up using the word gospel, the gospel in church, we, we think about the gospel as very narrow, that we think about the the Roman road, right? Or the, mm-hmm. you know, Jesus saves us from our sins, that that's the essence of the gospel. Uh, but as you mentioned to me just a few minutes ago, before we started, Jesus tells his followers to go share the good news before yeah, he dies. Before he
1: dies, which well is before mind, Paul wrote mind blowing, right? right? To some yeah, of us yeah. who grew up in in certain more fundamentalist views, where the primary character of of who yeah. Jesus was was atonement for sin, yeah, by his death, yeah. And so all of our songs are about Jesus' death. But yeah. wait, hold on. <laughs> what, what was the good news before Jesus died for our sins? Right, right. And, and how does all of this work together? And there was so much good news happening. And so it's much broader, I think, than yeah. any of us realize.
0: Yeah, I remember N.T. Wright, in one of the books of his I was reading, he talks about that, um, that question. You know, we can answer the question, why was Jesus born? We can answer the question, why did Jesus die? But the question, why did Jesus live? Like there's mm-hmm. a whole world of explanation there that, that, that unveils so many facets of the gospel, yeah. so many facets of what Jesus is all about. That we can't ignore it.
1: Yeah and, yeah, and historic Anabaptists, and Anabaptism is kind of our, our theological spiritual heritage at LifePath. Uh, so so many of them joke about one of the great creeds mm-hmm. that, that proclaims that Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius <laughs> yeah. Pilate. And, and we we joke about how our faith is often encapsulated, a, a large part of our faith, in the comma between those two right. phrases, yeah. right? Like, yeah. like that's where so the life and teaching of Jesus yeah. is yeah. overlooked, and that's part of the good news. Yeah, so much Absolutely. a part of the good news of Absolutely. what what Jesus came to do is reveal things to us. But. But, but because
0: <laughs> because the first thing we often think about is the idea of atonement, even if we don't use that word, yeah. atonement, as a theological word, but we, we think about the cross, we think about Jesus saving us from sin, yeah. that's what we want to tackle first. Right, because way. it's true. It is. And, it's absolutely true. And, and so and very it's important. important
1: for us to mm-hmm. maybe set the stage right. So Dwayne, you're going to kind of take us through some of yeah. this. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I think, you know, the, the fascinating thing to me about the atonement, and I'll just say this right from the beginning, and this is kind of the direction we're going to go, Is it is so beautiful in its multifaceted imagery in the
1: scriptures Hmm,
0: that that we often gravitate towards one image or the other. We're we're going to see that um, you know there's obviously the legal uh, uh, image, uh, the the that sort of idea that was really perpetuated by. Uh, many of the the reform the Protestant reformers, right? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Particularly John a thousand, Calvin, a thousand who, and a half years right. after, yeah, yeah. So, Jesus. but particularly John Calvin, who was sort of drawn to those legal metaphors because yeah. he, he was an attorney, and right. so the idea of being justified that we're guilty and then someone had to take you know pay the penalty. But we're gonna we're gonna see that that's just a fraction of this. There's there's such a beauty in yeah, like this the, diamond
1: image, right? Yeah, Where yeah, if you yeah. You only look at it from one side, you get a, a beautiful color. Yep. But that's certainly not the whole story. When right. you turn it, you start to see different beautiful, facet. Yeah, beautiful absolutely.
0: Um, so w- where I want to begin is, uh, and I know we don't have visuals here uh, on this podcast, so it'll be a new new thing for all of us. Me without my slides, and you without your your whiteboard. <sighs> it's
1: <laughs> lately it's been really really hard. I, I've, yeah. I've been longing to go back to a spear and to just pull and that just whiteboard, the whiteboard out, but I know I can't. And yeah, it's yeah. yeah we all have different ways that we're. Yeah, still so, in the crunch during the Absolutely.
0: Um, so I'm going to try to be real clear <laughs> and, and not, not rely too heavily on, on things that you can't see on a screen. Um,
1: but we might want to say that it's great to have your Bible or your Bible app.
0: True, that is true. That might be good. You
1: during this time. So good that idea. You can, and of course you have the... the ability to pause. Right. Anytime. So if we, we hit something, look something too up. quick, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. can just pause it and take a look at that scripture.
0: Yeah. Uh, so the, the first scripture is, it's a very small verse that I want to, that I want to ground this whole thing in. And that is first Corinthians 15 verse three. And, and Paul in this verse, he says that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. Now Christ died for our sins. We put a lot of stock in that because that's, again, as we just mentioned, that's kind of the heart of the gospel for a lot of us. Um, but I want to unpack that a bit because we often put a lot of meaning onto a verse like that that's not really there. Hmm. Um, Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. So what I want to do is focus on the according to the scriptures part,
1: yeah.
0: And let's figure out what does it actually uh, say in the scriptures about Jesus' death. Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. Uh, now Paul, of course, was talking about the Hebrew scriptures that he knew at the time. But we're going to explore um, all facets of this. So what yeah. we're going to look at in the Gospels actually harkens back to the Hebrew scriptures, but we're also going to look at all the way through to Revelation. Yeah, because our
1: scriptures have been expanded. So yeah, if we look at this and say, all right, well, what is what do the scriptures tell us Absolutely. about the death of Jesus yeah. and the life of Jesus? Let's let's dive in.
0: So I want to start with the Gospels because if we're going to talk about Jesus, uh, it's a good place to start, right? So what do yeah. the Gospels really tell us about Jesus' death? So... um. Towards the end of his life, when he was uh, having the Passover meal with his followers, um, Jesus said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out Mm -hmm. for you. And we say that uh, usually every Sunday when we do communion at church, this is the new covenant, uh, an agreement between God and man sealed in my blood. So this is what Jesus says to his followers. But I want to focus in on that word covenant. What is it really about? When he says new covenant, what exactly are we talking about? Yeah. So there is this whole idea that that a covenant in ancient Near East culture uh, was really important. There's this this phrase called "cutting a covenant," from which from which we get our our phrase "cutting a deal." We're going to cut a deal, yep. right? And what we don't. What we don't often realize is there's a pretty gruesome history to that phrase. Yeah, and, and what a that few actually of means. you
1: special people who have been around like yeah. that for a while got to experience some power tools and some stuffed animals yes, that was right. a graphic retelling of the Abraham story. Yeah,
0: graphic but not gory. It was very graphic soft. Graphic but not
1: gory, yeah. <laughs> there's a yeah softer, there was a softer there retelling. There was a lot of fluffy inside, <laughs> <Yes>. fluffy entrails.
0: <laughs> right. So so I'll try to make this quick, but but certainly Keith, jump in and, and uh, like fill out any details that are relevant. Um. So, what would happen in in a in the ancient Near East culture? Uh, it was a tribal culture. It was it was a um, people were in in tribes or families, and there was there was not a government, there was not a police force or a military. So the only way you really had to protect yourself was by defending yourself from right. from thieves, from from people who might come to do harm um, yeah. to you. And so, oftentimes, if you were smaller in terms of your tribe, you might align yourself with another tribe and say, "We want to make a covenant with you." And in that covenant, you would basically assume the rights and responsibilities of the other tribe, and the other tribe would assume those for you, and you'd vow to defend each other. Yeah. Even to the point of like taking each other's names. Mm-hmm. Right. So it was a, shared, a, it was a shared, it right. was a new
1: a new identity yeah, that was yeah. created because of the commitment yep. on both sides. Even though there was always a stronger side.
0: Sure. Sure. That,
1: that always extended that covenant offer to the to the lesser side.
0: Right. And I think what's fascinating is we, we might miss this little detail, but when Abram makes a covenant with mm-hmm. Yahweh he changes his name so to good. to Abraham so right. inserting an h into mm-hmm. abram that h is taken directly from it's one of yahweh the syllables
1: of yahweh's absolutely. name absolutely it's and the primary sarah, syllable sarah right? has the same thing happen when yeah. she was from her name was sarai and she's given a yeah. new name to sarah with an ah at the end and so yahweh shares his name with them right. as a part of this new shared identity in the covenant making it's fabulous it's fabulous. awesome it's incredible yeah
0: so so abram abram makes a covenant by the with god way, oh yeah go
1: ahead all this this language of being given a new name that we see mm. in the scriptures, that's all linked to covenantal language. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That only God knows, Revelation says, yeah, you know?
0: Yeah, beautiful. That's awesome. Love it. Um, so when you would make a covenant like this in the ancient Near East culture, often you would take an animal or animals, and this is what we see in, in Genesis. God commands Abram to take these animals and basically cut them in half, not not top half bottom half or head and and, and rear end but to cut them right down the middle yeah. symmetrical which i think yeah. is is important but but so he he um i forget exactly it's a it's a bull and it's a goat and it's mm-hmm. a um a couple, a couple, a couple of birds, birds. Yeah. yeah and so he nose he, to tail and and god commands him to cut them in half and lay the separate halves so it, it forms this sort of pathway between the yeah, two. Yeah, it's them. called
1: the corridor of blood. Yeah, but it's it's really a rebirth. It's a womb.
0: Yeah, that's right. Being
1: created. It's a birth canal. Right. That's being created. And it's as so you
0: pass through this, it was a new identity. Absolutely. It was a new you're born, relationship. You're
1: born again. Born again. Literally.
0: <laughs> but here's what's fascinating about not, that. Not literally. Like not again. literally. <laughs> not. But you're figuratively very much so. Um, but here's what's fascinating about that, right? So God tells Abram to do this, and he cuts the animals, but Abram is so tired after doing that, he falls asleep. Yeah. And oh, so, did you
1: talk about the passing through? No. Okay. Go ahead. So every time when you cut this thing, yeah. then you, you create this corridor, and then both parties walked through the corridor. Right. Both parties would walk through the corridor. It, to confirm the new birth. The, you,
0: As if to say, if I break this covenant, may this be done to me.
1: Right? That was the phrase that's, yeah. that's offered yeah Um, with this you often they would say right before they walked through yeah be done to me as was done to this animals if i ever break this covenant
0: absolutely and so what's fascinating to me about that then is abram is so tired he falls asleep yeah and instead of abram walking through god walks through and probably twice because it says he walks through as as a fire as a fire pot
1: fire pot and then and then as smoke uh, yeah, a smoking
0: yep. fire pot and then a torch.
1: Oh, a smoking fire pot and then and the and then, fire and then itself. then the yes. torch,
0: yeah. And and it's God is walking through twice, once on behalf of himself and once, perhaps, on behalf of Abraham, to say, if, if I break this covenant, may this be done to me. But if you break this covenant, may, may this, this be, be done, done to, me. to me. It's
1: absolutely Beautiful. incredible stuff. Beautiful. But we should probably keep moving. We
0: need to. <laughs> so, but this is important to understand it so because good. it's loaded, right? When Jesus says, this is the new covenant— Everybody at the table understood that image. Yeah. Everybody at the table immediately thought of Abraham, immediately thought of their cultural heritage and their identity in Yahweh. And here is Jesus saying, this is the new yeah. covenant. And it's in my blood, not the blood of these animals. My yeah. blood is being poured out.
1: And it should be noted that what we're seeing there is actually a continuation of the heart of, of the Abrahamic covenant. Mm. But during most of the Old Testament, the reality of how this was lived out was that God's people failed the covenant. And each time they failed the covenant, God was faithful, but it it pulled them away from God. You know, and there was brokenness that they experienced. And And so Jesus is kind of renewing the original heart of what this covenant was said to one day fully be.
0: So yeah, so not like a completely new covenant, but he's renewing the covenant in a way. And and it'll
1: be new because of how it's actually experienced and lived out.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So, so this is an important idea of atonement. This is an important idea of what Jesus does for us. His blood is the new covenant. But there's another, uh, there's another part of the gospel. There, there are three things we're going to talk about in the gospel. So the, the number one thing we just talked about is that idea of atonement. The second one is the idea of Passover, right? So think about this. Of all the days of the year that Jesus could have chosen to ride yes. into Jerusalem and begin this process. Yeah. Now remember, he chose the day. Because they arrested him only because he was conveniently in Jerusalem at the time.
1: And we know he came to Jerusalem. And we know
0: he came to on purpose room. for the Passover. Right. And he chose Passover because it was an important symbol of the Jewish people, of the of the Hebrew people, of what they had been through. And of God's promise of, God's of rescue. Of God's promise of rescue. There's that idea of delivery from slavery, right? So Jesus chose Passover on purpose. And the the story of Passover was, of course, um, uh, all of the Israelites were in Egypt in slavery and God was working to deliver them. uh, And he was using Moses in that process. But uh, over the course of that, there were several plagues that he sent to Mm -hmm. all of Egypt. And the final plague was a plague of death that was going to... Uh, take the life of the, the firstborn yeah, male. The angel of death uh, is, uh, yeah.
1: is released to Passover. Right,
0: right. And so God's instructions were, if you are faithful, th- this is my command. If you obey this command, you will be spared. My command is to take a lamb, a
1: flawless, and a flawless, flawless lamb, lamb without blemish. and
0: to sacrifice that lamb. Yeah. And what's fascinating is that they were supposed to then consume the lamb. They were supposed mm-hmm. to eat it and use it all, <laughs> not to waste it, right? It wasn't just an offering. It was actually it was actually meaningful. Yeah. So to fill their bellies before this yeah. long journey, right? But the point here is yeah, and that... And then take the... And then, and, I'm sorry, yeah, of course. And then take the blood and paint that across uh, the doorpost, right? So and the then blood the blood would be a symbol. The blood would be a symbol, and, and the angel of death would pass over.
1: So, so... A symbol of God proclaiming their innocence. Yeah. Of God acknowledging their innocence. Yeah. Even though... They weren't fully innocent, <laughs> even though they weren't fully
0: innocent. But they were in slavery, but God undeservedly so. Their
1: cry for mercy,
0: yes, and delivering them from slavery, right? So, so, so this is this is the idea that that when we see Jesus moving in to Jerusalem, going into Jerusalem for the Passover, and we also see, uh, you know, this idea of, of him being the Passover lamb, the the lamb that, that is offered, that is symbolic of being delivered from slavery, the the slavery of Egypt, which was a constant theme. In, in all of, of Israel's history that they would always hearken back to. Jesus is here saying, I am now the Passover lamb, and I am delivering you from this. And
1: if you don't know that backstory, just as a little public service announcement, uh, it, can, it can be really off-putting in our Christian language to talk about Jesus as the slain lamb or yeah. the Passover lamb. Yeah, yeah. If, like, even in our worship song, you'll find that in Life Path, we don't often call Jesus a lamb in our songs because if somebody's new who's not familiar with the faith and they don't know the backstory. It's just confusing yeah like he's he's a lamb because of the Jewish understanding right of the sacrificial system and right. the Passover right and right. so it's just really important that we are sensitive about that you know yeah we need to explain these things yeah. so that they yeah. have meaning and yeah. so that our understanding of Jesus isn't just this weird bloody morbid thing
0: yeah And you know, I think all of us are guilty of that at some point because if we've been in the church for a long time, a phrase like the Lamb of God is so common it just rolls off the tongue and we don't always remember it's when we
1: understand it, right? But we
0: don't always think to explain it, or sometimes we say it and don't even understand it ourselves. And speaking of that, this is the third image, right? So the first image in the Gospels that I talked about was the idea of a new covenant. Mm -hmm. The second image was the idea of the Passover Lamb, of of Jesus delivering us from from slavery, um, presumably slavery to sin. Uh, but then the third one here is in John chapter one, uh, John the Baptist proclaims, he says, "Look, the Lamb of God who takes hmm. away the sins of the world."
1: Yeah, And there's never been a Lamb of God before. No, there was been, been the lamb sacrificial lamb people.
0: <laughs> and this this is this is a sort of a nod to the sacrificial system, right? the The mm-hmm. temple system and the way religion was expressed by the Hebrew people, was as it had been described by God in Leviticus and and, yeah. and going forward, and how this is how you are to worship, you are to bring a sacrifice to the temple.
1: But there's also a very beautiful and very unique image in Jesus being called the Lamb of God, because the Lamb and the Lion were opposites. Mm, yeah, that it was a it was part of the Hebrew poetry and imagery yeah. would compare the Lion and the Lamb, kind of the the. The predator and the prey as opposites, and so what you see here is the Lamb of God is a very different idea than the Lion of Judah that roars, you know, and that is ferocious. Interesting. This is a very different image that we're getting. Yeah. That that this character of God is lamb-like, and of course we see this image incredibly (laughs) in Revelation.
0: Yeah. That yeah.
1: I will refer anybody that hasn't heard our series on Revelation a couple of months ago because that was a blast. Yeah. Yeah. But there's just beautiful. There's again multifaceted images, even as Jesus being the lamb.
0: Yeah. So, and I, I think what's important about this idea of being the lamb in this sacrificial system, again, it's another thing we don't have a full grasp of uh, in the 21st century, but but the Old Testament system of, of sacrifice was not necessarily like punishment for oh, sin. Oh, this is so we important. We often think about it as like, oh, God is really angry and so something has to die, so let's kill this right. thing. It really wasn't that. It was an act of worship, right? I mean, yeah. the prescription to people was to bring something of value and the currency in that day was very often your livestock. That was yeah. what. That was how you traded. It was, was how you wealth. bartered. It was your wealth. So you bring your wealth and you offer it to God. In fact, there's even a provision in Leviticus that says if you are not wealthy enough to own animals, mm-hmm. bring a, a measure of grain yeah, or fish. Go flour. down to birds and then you can right. If you don't have if you don't have a lamb, you can use a bird. If you don't if you can't afford a bird, you can use grain. Yeah. So there's no blood in flour, right? But you could yeah. go and you could dump your flour on the altar. Yeah, the flour's and not being be, punished, right? <laughs> Nobody's punishing the flour. Um, Bad flour. Yeah. Bad flour. <laughs> Um, so, so yeah, so it's not really punishment. It's not, it's not that sort of a thing. It's worship. And, and what it is, yeah, there is,
1: we should probably say before anybody gets too upset, there is, there is punishment language. Yes. But it's, but the, the imagery, do you, I'm not sure if you're planning on talking about the wages of sin being death. No, because no. Because there's, okay, there, you know, these, these phrases in the scriptures. Yeah. There is an understanding that as we move ourselves away from God, we experience, the penalty yeah. of being removed from god right natural and ultimate, consequences right na- yeah. and, and ultimate removal yeah. is death yeah. right all ultimate separation between people between people yeah. and god is is death yeah so so sin will always naturally lead us toward death so there is right. a penalty for the reality of being people who choose to move away from god yeah but it's not god penalizing it's the natural experience of the further and further we move away we can't relate to god in the same way anymore yeah until we choose to come back or receive god's pursuit of us yeah so that's just a little. well and and one of the things
0: i just thought of this may or may not make sense but i was just thinking about as as an act of worship sacrifice was an act of worship right Mm -hmm. um in the same way that taking communion is an act of worship for us so saying that sacrifice is about punishment is kind of like saying that communion is about hunger and thirst it's not really, hmm. right? It's just, yeah. it's, it's something we do that is a reminder of the covenantal yeah. relationship that Israel had with God. And so when they would bring their, yeah. their sacrifice to the altar, it was them saying, we recognize this covenant that you made with Abraham and the nature of breaking that covenant, which is, yeah. which is separation. Our,
1: our need for God yeah. being like our natural desire and need for food and yeah. drink, right? Just sure. the same yeah. as our need for God's forgiveness matching, yeah. matching up in yeah. this symbolic way, that we know that that we move away from God, yeah, by nature, yeah, right. So yeah. we know that we need something that that we're moving toward death, towards separation, yeah, if we're not available to God. And so there's there's this, so yeah, there's this element of both and, mm-hmm. but we totally miss the right emphasis, yeah, and yeah. and we end up with a, a God who. Like Hulk, like has like smash something, yes, right? <laughs> Must smash, um, yeah, yeah. Right, and right. that's just not the the that's character the image, of God that right. we are right. that we receive from Jesus, right? And if most, we believe that Jesus is sure. the full representation right. of the character of like the Father, Hebrews says yeah, and like Jesus yeah. says, oh, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah, we don't want to create a split personality of right. God, which we'll talk about in a minute,
0: right? Yeah, and I think that's 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 the thing. So so to me, looking at the Gospels. Um, of course, it's important to understand the history of the Hebrew people and what all these images meant, but there were three very distinct images we just talked about. Number one, Jesus is the new covenant, mm-hmm. and that is a very distinct image of what his what he has done and what his atonement means for us, the new covenant of Abraham. Uh, he is also the Passover And again, Lamb. remember yeah.
1: that the original covenant was between God and mankind. Yeah. And so Jesus, the second covenant, is between God and man again, mm-hmm. but Jesus Fully now fully is both is of both. those things. So right. it's met in himself. So all absolutely. the requirements of the relationship have already been met. Yeah. Which absolutely. allows grace to flow so freely. Right. Really important right. part of understanding covenantal new covenant theology.
0: Yeah. So Jesus keeps the covenant on both sides, in yes. other words. Yes. He keeps God's part and he keeps mankind's part. Yes, exactly. Yeah. He is it's beautiful. And, and he
1: is the embodiment of Israel in that way. He yeah, does what right. Israel never could, he yep. does what humanity never could. Right.
0: Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, so he's the new covenant. Uh, he is the Passover lamb and, and providing that that symbol of obedience. Again, mankind being obedient finally, fully being obedient to, to God's commands and being the lamb itself that provides us that, that yes. rescue from slavery. Yeah,
1: and Jesus taking that role, of course, matching up with what you're going to say in a minute, Jesus taking that role yeah. provides an understanding that we don't need to continue to perpetuate this anymore. Yeah. Which I'll talk about when we talk about jesus ending, right, because, ending religion right
0: in a few weeks we're going to talk about yeah. that yeah absolutely and that's awesome so uh so jesus fulfills the covenant jesus is the passover lamb and finally jesus is the atoning sacrifice Kind of dismantling that sacrificial system once and for all, and those three images in the Gospels are are there. Uh, like we're not making this up; it's it's right there, and they're 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 diverse, they're different, each unique in their own way. And this is how and the beautiful. early church
1: and how Israel yes. understood Jesus Absolutely. as well, and that's really important that we understand yeah. this not not based on the last three hundred right. years of yeah. our own it's, emphasis. It's, but
0: it's not a mathematical yeah. formula you know jesus plus cross equals salvation i mean there's there's so many facets to this like we talked about earlier so let's move on then to to acts so we talked about the gospels now in acts what i am most fascinated by in the book of acts is that the people who spent the most time with jesus they were closest to him understood his message we we think by the time he actually rose from the dead they finally got it and we're like okay we're going to go out and we're going to preach this gospel we we assume they had
1: conversations that weren't recorded which drives us crazy yeah
0: right wish you knew what they were how they sorted all this out yeah you
1: couldn't write more (laughs) you say i could write so much more well why didn't you
0: yeah (laughs) um and so when we look at the book of acts i think what's fascinating to me is like particularly in the earliest presentations of the gospel in acts chapter 2 in acts chapter 5 and in acts chapter 10 uh Peter, uh Peter in in chapter two and chapter ten, and then in, in chapter five, it's um I forget who it is, it's somebody else. Is it Philip? Maybe it's Philip. Um but anyway, so preaching this idea of the, the earliest gospel message. And I'll read to you Acts chapter two, verse thirty-six and thirty-eight. Here's what here's what Peter says. He says, God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified to be both Lord and Messiah. Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Now, again, that shouldn't be too formulaic, but if it was going to be formulaic, there's a big thing that's missing here. Nobody talks about how the blood of Jesus and his sacrifice is what washed us clean and made us not guilty anymore. That's not the the earliest understandings of of the, the disciples in Acts. It was simply this. God did something here. Yeah. God made Jesus Lord and Messiah. You also did people something here. Couldn't handle you, it. you killed him. You crucified him. This and, new
1: message of God was yeah, not welcome. Yeah, and so people rejected God.
0: Right, and so then the call to action from these earliest disciples was in all three of these cases: Acts chapter two, chapter five, and chapter ten. The call to action is always repent, change your way of life, change your way of thinking, move away from that direction, and move towards Jesus, and then you will receive forgiveness and you'll receive the gift of the holy spirit yeah. that's the idea so it's fascinating to me that the earliest understanding didn't really include any sort of like uh guilt language or uh penalty language or any sort of justification language that comes later uh, in some of paul's writings that we look at uh and especially especially as interpreted by by as i said earlier john calvin and some of the reformers yeah
1: um, i think those were all peter actually
0: all peter okay X yeah. yeah. five is also peter yeah. okay great um, so, yeah, so I think those are, those are really, really important ideas that the earliest, earliest presentations of the gospel were yes, this is transformational. This changes life. This absolutely uh, forgives us of our sins. Yeah. But it, it didn't quite include all the, the pieces that we think it would.
1: The reason it forgives us from, of our sins is because of what God, yeah, it was the combo. It's yeah. not just the death, it was the yeah. resurrection that God beats
0: let's talk about sin Power for a minute of sin. Okay, yeah. let's talk about sin yeah. right because when we say the forgives us of our sins we think well all the little moral failures of my life oh i lied yesterday oh i lost mm-hmm. my temper earlier this afternoon whatever you know we think about oh those are sins and i need to be forgiven for those mm-hmm. in in the context of this story of israel the yeah. sin of the nation of israel was turning away from it was, Yahweh, it was, was their turning their away from, from God.
1: It was their to keep the covenant right. of relationship. Right. And now that manifests itself in all these it smaller does. ways, right? It does. Absolutely. Yeah. But, absolutely. But you, yes, absolutely. This was about covenant keeping yeah. and Israel's inability to represent God well in the world. Yeah.
0: And I think it's challenging because those of us who, who focus on trying to follow Jesus, and sometimes we're tempted to get caught up in, in the sin... Counting right.
1: Yeah. Well, um, I
0: need to be forgiven of these sins. I need to stop sinning. Yeah. But Dallas Willard
1: has the classic phrase: "The Mm -hmm. Gospel of Sin Management." Right. Which, which says it's such a small gospel. He says that's that's the entire understanding of some people's yeah purpose. Yeah. And yet Jesus sends his disciples out to go and do something. Yeah. And preach the good news. And the good news is that God has come.
0: So it's possible then, for because of the action of Jesus, it's possible for me to have been forgiven of sin once and for all. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, to need to continue to not engage in those little moral failures along the way that, that tend right. to, to take me out of yeah. my walk with Jesus. I mean, right? let's it's talk a both ends. Let's
1: talk about relationships It's marriage, right? Covenant, sure. covenant is yeah. marriage. And so you do not, when you, uh, when you speak a harsh word to your spouse that you should not have said, You lose your temper. You don't cease to be married in that moment. Yeah, but there's still a constant repenting that needs to happen to make to make the relationship as strong as it as it ought to be, and to make sure that it's alive and well. Right. Yeah. So you don't cease to be married every time you make a mistake as a spouse. Yeah. And it's the same thing. We don't cease to be under God's forgiveness Mm -hmm. when when we mess up. Right. If our heart is postured as a disciple. Yeah. The 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 big thing, you know, there's a lot of anxiety. You know, probably. valuable time to talk about anxiety right sure there's yeah. so much anxiety with like like I've, I've heard people say well I don't know if if my parent or this had asked forgiveness like Mm-hmm. Enough before he died. I know mm-hmm. at one point he did, but like, yeah. you know, and oh boy, we we just need to be really careful that we don't go down this path of turning the love and the forgiveness of God into a formula. Right,
0: absolutely. You know, we yeah. are we
1: are adopted as children. Yeah, and yes, part of the ongoing relationship with our Lord is mm-hmm. is openness and honesty and repentance and turning and mm-hmm. saying, ah, oh, I blew it again. But but this is not the ultimate. Like God is the actor. Yeah. God is the primary actor in all of this, not us. Right. And so, which is why it's also so important that what are the actions of God that we see in, in the book of Acts? Yeah. The action of God is that God yes. raises Jesus. Yeah. That's the action of God. Not that God does something to Jesus. Right. You've got to, you, you are taking certain um, scriptures and you're pulling them often out of context and, yeah. and keeping them alone and not looking at the entire witness of the New Testament and the Bible yeah. and how the early church saw Jesus. Yeah. If you think that the primary understanding is that God had to kill Jesus. Yeah. Jesus, did he have to die? Yes, yes. I do believe the answer is yes. But the way that we understand that, maybe yeah. maybe for another time, another talk. Right. But it's not because God just had to kill something because God made rules that God couldn't break. Right. Jesus forgives. Yeah. People of sins yeah. before he dies while he's in his earthly ministry. God has the authority and the power to forgive right. whenever right. God wants.
0: And so that that kind of leads us to, to some of the writings of Paul. Now there are, it is a little disclaimer, there are a ton of images that Paul uses oh, yes, this, this idea. And I'm not going to talk about all of them. But I want to focus in on one in particular in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Oh yeah, this is a verse core 19, one for
1: our understanding. That
0: that Paul is talking about this idea of how reconciliation happened through Christ. And here's what he says, 2 Can Corinthians 5.19. He says, For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Yeah. Yeah. So what does that mean, for God was in Christ?
1: Well, it certainly doesn't mean that God was outside of Christ doing something yeah. to Christ on yeah. the cross. Right. Where was God when Jesus was dying on the cross? He was in, in Christ. Christ. yeah. Now, Jesus says, why have you forsaken me? Sure. Which is a quote of Psalm 29, yeah. I think. Yeah. I believe it's Psalm 29, which is in the tradition of Jesus using uh-huh. the scriptures yeah. to proclaim his honest experience and feeling. Yeah. Yeah. So in Jesus's humanness, the feeling of abandonment did not imply actual abandonment. Sure. And so we think about Jesus wrestling and I love how Brian Zond helps frame the garden experience where yeah. Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane saying, "Father, mm-hmm. if this is possible, take this away." And 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 he says, you know, sometimes what we think about is is the father saying, "It's not possible. Suck it up and deal with it." <laughs> yeah. And and what Zond encourages us to think since we have to connect the dots here is what what the father says is son this is what we do yeah this is what we do we forgive we absorb the violence mm-hmm. we give ourselves yeah this is this is who we are yeah and 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 jesus says yeah it is yeah that's Let's go, and, so and, and God, that's so different, it and it's is. so more beautiful. Yes. So you can still embrace Absolutely. the power of the cross and the atonement, yeah. while not needing to see the Father and Son as a dysfunctional family, right? And while not right. feeling tension, I love Jesus because He saves me from God.
0: Yeah, because that God's is angry. Not yeah, true. It's, it's not, like it's ah. like that old that old sort of joke about John three sixteen that yeah. it, that it says God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, but we often read it as God. God was so angry at the world that he killed that his he only killed his son, son, you know, right. uh, yeah. in order to save us. That, that, that's not really what it is about. It is about the love of God being made manifest in Jesus, absorbing the violence of the world, yeah. taking on that, that part of the covenant onto himself yeah. because of his love for and us. And when we see yeah.
1: that, we are released from that sense of, yeah. and it's really, it's a very profane phrase, right? But this idea of like cosmic child abuse that I've heard, yeah. you know, people yeah. talk about who are outside of the faith saying, so... God kills his son because he loves you. So yeah. if you heard somebody else say that, a human being saying, yeah. you know, I was so angry at you, but I, I beat the crap out of my child the other yeah. day, and now I feel better. We would say that is morally reprehensible. Absolutely. Yeah. So this is, this is why it's really important for us to yeah. understand sacrificial theology based on yeah. Jewish culture and religion, yeah. and understand the scriptures that God was in Christ on the cross, choosing to be one and yeah. do this thing together to reveal God's heart. Absolutely and to fulfill the commands so that people wouldn't keep thinking that they have to do this over and over and over again to earn God's love. Yeah, It's yeah. been dealt with.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's beautiful. Um, so again, lots of writings in Paul, but I think mm-hmm. that's an important one that God was in Christ, and and the end goal of that is reconciliation, right? Is is reconciling us, and then finally, let's get to Revelation because Revelation talks a little bit about this as well. Um, and uh, you know, the idea all the way through Scripture, you can look at it from Genesis. We talked about Abraham a few minutes ago in Genesis, and now we're talking about Revelation. You see it throughout Scripture. It God's God's people. Were designed, were built, were created, were made to reign with him forever. Um, and, And this idea is talked a lot. About talked about a lot by uh, N.T. Wright and others about the idea that we've we've sort of uh, come up with this escapist theology of like well well the main job of Jesus is to rescue us from this world and take mm-hmm. us to heaven yeah. but really the true vocation of humans is to reign on the earth with God forever yeah the joining of heaven the joining of heaven and earth, is heaven what and earth coming together talks absolutely about, right? that's that's so the end we, of it all right so yeah the yeah.
1: kingdom of God being here and available means that we yeah. have a role to help create. Create yeah. heaven on earth and welcome it when it comes. Yeah, yeah. A renewed earth and a renewed heaven. Right, and and
0: this idea that that this is our job as humans, this is our vocation, is kind of the way mm-hmm. uh, N.T. Wright talks about it. This is our vocation. But, but we can't fulfill our vocation because of this broken covenant, this broken yeah. relationship. And so yeah. Jesus provides the way for us to truly... Uh, uh, be able to fulfill our calling Embrace ultimately this as people. Identity, yeah. Maybe, yeah. And in Revelation, so I haven't said the verse yet, no. but it happens several times. But in Revelation chapter one, verses five and six, it says this: To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood, and has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father, to him be glory and power forever and ever. Hmm. Amen. That's in Revelation one. There are others in Revelation uh, chapter five. Uh, this is when, when, when there is the image of the lamb who was slain, speaking of slain lambs, there is this this uh, crazy uh, uh, cartoonish image of this lamb that had been slain who yeah. is the only one who was able to read from the scroll, mm-hmm. right? And when he yeah. does that, uh, you, they, they, they praise him and say, you are worthy to take the scroll and open the seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. And here's the thing. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth.
1: That's Revelation five, nine, and ten. Yeah,
0: and it happens again in Revelation twenty. It talks about us being priests of God in Christ and reigning with Him for a thousand years. This idea is important. Yeah,
1: and yeah. It, and and the reason that we're incorporating that into this conversation is because we're not just saved from sin, but we're saved for, for something. something. We're not just right. rescued. Jesus isn't just the way. Yeah. Jesus isn't just the way that we experience freedom from sin. He's the way that we experience the freedom to then represent God's kingdom and, and yeah. represent God yeah. in fullness. We then become agents of reconciliation, right. the same yeah. thing. We're transformed. Yeah. It's like it's <laughs> you don't want to use virus language right now, right? No, but it's like no. it's like when we're healed <laughs> by, by Jesus, yeah. we become healers. Let's talk about the reverse, sure. right? Yeah. When we're given the antidote. Yeah. To the power, the crippling power yeah. of of sin. We're given the antidote to it.
0: And we and then we healers.
1: become yeah. people that can pass that out and heal. Right. Um right. because we've we've been given this grace.
0: And it's important to say again what you said a minute ago. We're not just saved from something. We are saved for something. For something yeah. And that's the idea here. And it's in not Revelation. just for heaven. It's not just for heaven. It's not for just for being so-
1: agents of yeah. God's world for, for our
0: job for yeah. our vocation yeah. to be this kingdom of God to be the priests and what do priests do priests represent they stand in 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 the position of representing the one that they represent right mm-hmm. God yeah. in this case right so we are priests of God then that means we represent him so get all to, of this, I, I love the idea yeah. that
1: we are we get to be the mutual friend of yeah. Jesus yeah for people
0: like hey you know I know a guy you yeah. know yeah, yeah. yeah. let me introduce yeah. you we, yeah we right. get to be the mutual yeah.
1: friend the the one the the one stage of Kevin Bacon separation. Yeah, one right? the 1 degree the 1 degree of separation between people. So we yeah. we say, yeah, I yeah. I have this one that I know and it's changed my life, yeah. you know? And it's it's a worth we yeah. This whole idea of personally being freed from the power of sin is yeah. also a corporate communal calling. That we are now free to sep- to, yeah. to live in a way that invites other people yeah. to the wholeness that that we are moving toward, right? Yeah. Not not fully yeah. experienced yeah. right now.
0: So so here's what I want to point out. Yeah. At this point, we've talked about a lot of images. We yeah, talked about three different images. Here. In, in the gospels. We talked about the way that the earliest disciples presented the gospel in the book of Acts. We talked about the way Paul mentions it, at least in one of his images. And then we talked about how Revelation uh, uh, connects this idea that because of Jesus, we're we're priests. So mm-hmm. so how do all these connect together? Well, the honest truth is they don't necessarily. They're all kind of separate facets, like we right. said at the beginning. Right, ways in which They're we all understand. Ways in which, yeah, which we understand Jesus and what he did. Now, there, there are, I'm gonna talk, there are five different types of images used in scripture mm-hmm. um, that I want to talk about right now. So think about this and you might even be able to, you might be able to call a verse to mind for each one. Um the sacrifice of Jesus, Jesus work on the cross, his atoning work is described in scripture as worship. Anytime the word sacrifice is used in scripture that Jesus was our atoning sacrifice, that's a worship language. Mm-hmm. That's a worship image. Uh, we use images of commerce. You hear you hear the word purchased, mm-hmm. you hear the word uh redeemed. Yeah. Um and so uh, those things are, are commerce language, right, about, about that sort of thing. There's, there's legal images. I, you, we can't deny that, that we're, the Bible talks about we are justified.
1: Yeah, there's a sense of guilt. And, right. And that guilt has been And that
0: is absolutely part of, of it. Pardoned. You know? um, yeah. It maybe doesn't deserve more weight than any of these others, but mm-hmm. it certainly deserves equal weight, yeah. right? It's part of the image. Um, there's relationship imagery which talks about our reconciliation. We looked at a verse where Paul said that. Yeah. And then there's there's also battle imagery. As mm-hmm. much as we don't like that, that was a, an <laughs> image of the day where we talk about the victory. Jesus gives us victory yeah. over the enemies that are sin and death, right? Mm-hmm. So all of these different images, to me, it just reinforces the idea that this is a beautiful Magical, mysterious, and I don't mean magical. But I mean it, it is yeah. it is mysterious. It's a mysterious process yeah. um, that we cannot fully grasp because yeah. we are not God.
1: Which is really important that we say this because we are talking in some ways. We're talking about understanding the atonement, but but yeah. to understand that Jesus died for my sin to to heal me from this does not mean that I. Understand exactly how it happened yeah. and have to have that figured out. And yeah. if somebody thinks something different, then it's all of a sudden null and void and invalid. Right. We have to trust Jesus. Yeah not our understanding of Jesus. Right. Right? And that's a big difference. Sometimes we, how are we rescued? How are we saved? We're saved by, by correctly understanding exactly what Jesus did in a metaphysical level (laughs) on the cross. And that's just not the story. Yeah. yeah. The story is Jesus died for you. And it, and it sounds very simplistic to those of us who love to think really deep. And we just did, right? We just dug in. Yeah. But it's, it's the fact that I can't rescue myself. Mm -hmm. Jesus has come to do that. Yeah. And I trust that. Yeah. And that, on some level, it sets me free, even emotionally and mentally. Right to know that. Right. That's it's it's beautiful and it's powerful. Yeah, so.
0: yeah. So I want to read from a little bit of a book here because speaking of, I used the word magic a second ago, and I sort of and did that. This is how on we're purpose. going to start to wrap up. Yeah, um, and and I think that that um, so one of the one of the great theologians, I think of of the. The 20th century. Can we call him a theologian? C.S. So, Lewis. Yeah, I mean, C.S. Lewis was a yeah. was a thinker and a writer and certainly somebody that we look to um, in a book like Mere Christianity to kind of yeah. define... Philosopher. Philosopher, yeah. for sure. Um, but many of you are really familiar with his children's series, right? The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe being the first book, and then all of the rest, The Chronicles of Narnia. And one of my favorite passages... From this, uh, uh, kind of kind of encapsulates this. and if if you don't know the story, bear with me, I'll try to explain it a little bit. So uh, it's this wonderful, magical, mysterious thing, and and there's this character, Aslan, who is the great lion, who somehow is um, uh, akin to to basically saving this this world from the clutches of the evil white witch yes. who's, who's covered covered everything in cold and frost and winter. Um, and so these children who are in the story, basically what happens is Aslan has died. He has actually been killed by the white witch. Uh, and so they're very sad and they're trying to figure out what's happening and they're reeling from this, much like the disciples were in the three yeah, days in between yeah. when Jesus died and, and when he rose again. Uh, and so- They um, had so
1: much hope that felt yeah, like it was gone. How absolutely. could this happen? And all right? of a
0: sudden, yeah. So they're wondering how this happens. And so they go back and they visit the stone table where he had been slain by the white mm-hmm. witch. And they visit the stone table and he's not there. And they're very confused- And all of a sudden, uh, they hear his voice. And so they turn around and they they see him. And this is what happens. "'Aren't you dead then, dear Aslan?' said Lucy. "'Do I look it?' he said. (laughs) "'Oh, you're real, you're real!' cried Lucy. And both girls flung themselves upon him and covered him with kisses. "'But what does it all mean?' asked Susan, when they were somewhat calmer. "'It means,' said Aslan.' That though the witch knew the deep magic, there is a magic deeper still, which she did not know. Her knowledge goes back only to the dawn of time. But if she could have looked a little further back into the stillness and the darkness before time dawned, she would have read there a different incantation. She would have known that when a willing victim who had committed no treachery was killed in a traitor's stead, the table would crack and death itself would start working backwards. It's a beautiful so image.
1: It is a beautiful image. She only knew the laws since the dawn of time. Since the dawn of time. not before that. How yeah. cro- oh, it's fabulous.
0: And I just, I can't help, when I think of the atonement, when I think of Jesus and what he did on the cross, I just, that phrase, a deeper kind of magic comes to hmm. mind because it's so beautiful yeah. in, in both ideas that it is deeply powerful but also incomprehensible to us. Yeah. Something that we would have never known or could never know or understand. And I'm not saying we can't endeavor to try to understand theology and understand god but it's important to me to begin to embrace the mystery of that and to say that there's so many images in scripture for the atonement it's not something that's formulaic we know this and I'll, i'll conclude with this idea the deeper magic as far as i'm concerned is that in his life jesus was the image bearer of god's kingdom and because of his faithfulness we were made right with god in his death Jesus absorbed all the violence and evil that the world had to offer. And in his resurrection, Jesus defeated the powers of darkness and evil and dismantled their greatest weapon, which is death. So again, because of his life, death, and resurrection, we then can carry out our true vocation as God's image bearers, and we will not be defeated by darkness, evil, and death, but will rise again and reign with him forever. So that's the beauty to me of of being set free from sin, yeah
1: yeah and and in our meal communities or <clears throat> excuse me or elsewhere, as we think about this, we talked theology today, sure, but yeah, as we think as about that and, and take yeah. that to the next level, that's mm-hmm. kind of your job in your own time of reflection, yeah. uh, but we just want to encourage you that that to to become aware of what it looks like to yeah. be freed from Corruption and greed and lust and power and hatred and violence yeah. and selfishness and all the things that that are missing the mark, which is the word for sin, missing the mark yeah. of God's heart. And so, so what that looks like in real life, right? Things like being people of grace, being people who are known, like we say every single week yeah. before we walk out of our gatherings, people who are known by love, known by love, yeah. Uh, being people of reconciliation, being people who pursue justice and show mercy, being people who who live with a sense of hope. Mm-hmm. So important right now. Who live with a sense of faith. Yeah. So important right now. Because yeah. even death is not to be feared Yeah, in right. the same way Right. as as it might be otherwise. And so, so we encourage you to think, okay, in your life, what does it mean that Jesus has saved us from the power yeah. of sin? What does it look like? Just take some time to think about that in your own, and maybe talk to God about that. It can be incredibly powerful in these times of feeling, maybe mm-hmm. like the walls are kind of getting... Closer in mm-hmm. around you if you're stuck at home or anything like that. There's just there's there's real power and hope in in reflecting on this. Yeah. What does it mean to be set free from sin? Yeah, it doesn't mean that we won't ever struggle with it anymore. But the, right, the, because the remember that we're set free power, from that
0: power but, of yeah. the covenantal relationship yes. Yes. that that was once broken, yeah. but is now the no door longer. remains open to God. all right. the time. we we yeah. still mess up. We yeah. still will will slip into to patterns of behavior that are that are not yeah. right. But that's not the power that those things have over us is gone yeah. because now we can live freely. Uh, we can live in love and grace and yeah. and, and, and goodness mm-hmm. freely.
1: Well, hopefully that gives yep. you all, friends, something to be thinking about and uh, reflecting on this week if you are still listening, if you hung in there the whole time with us <laughs> for 45 minutes or so. Uh, but uh, let me pray for us and then we will send you on uh, to, uh, to more love and good deeds. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Jesus, we are thankful uh, for you. We're thankful for your life, your death, your resurrection, and what it means in the world, what it means for us personally. We pray that we would be people who live as if we have been set free from the power of sin, that we have been set free uh, from all the things that that bind us so that we can run the race with perseverance Mm. and with hope and with faith. So thank you for what you've done, that you are the primary actor in our story and help us to receive that and live it out well in our spheres of influence and within our spirits. In the strong name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. All
1: right. All right. Enjoy
0: your meal communities uh, virtually uh, (laughs) and any other ways you can connect with one another. Uh, And be sure to check out our LifePath website for all the ways that you can stay connected during this this crazy, crazy, unprecedented time. I know. God be with us. Amen.